Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being creative. My name is Chris Scott, and Atish is not here today. He's off touring facilities and picking up slack. So I figured I'd take this opportunity to kind of just do a little, uh, how would you say, inner monologue, but say it out loud. I guess that's what, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to do this whole thing that I have in my head these uh, conversations that I have with myself about things that happen throughout my week and kind of uh, build on them and see, let's see what happens. All right. You ready for this? It's kind of crazy, but here we go. So last week I was working on a TV show, ghost adventures where some dudes go hunt ghosts and I work on the crew that does the reenactments. And I had to drive back early because I had a meeting with the local symphony, the Tucson symphony orchestra because I'm pitching to them this murder mystery night that I've been saying for a long time that is going to benefit them, but I haven't officially told them that it was going to benefit them. And I thought we should probably have this conversation now to see if we could team up with, you know, marketing and who, what program all the fundraising funds would best go towards and all that other fun stuff. And we had a meeting and it was a great meeting. It was a solid hour of just talking with two lovely ladies and the, marketing department at the symphony that were totally down to help promote the event. And we started talking about the local film scene and how Tucson has, I think seven film festivals. Now seven film festivals. I, that's a lot of film festivals, but if you look at the entire film festival market, let me Google it right now. I don't know how many film festivals are in the real world. There are a lot. It used to be a very uh, lucrative Thing where a bunch of indie films would just, uh, you know, be thoroughly vetted and screened. And that's, that's where we would used to get, you know, our solid indie films. I don't know any, of any good examples right now. There are uh, nine, over nine, almost 10,000 film festivals. That's crazy. There are, oh, over the ten, last 10 years, I've been, there've been nine, almost 10,000 film festivals, unique film festivals. And currently there are about 3000 film festivals currently active, according to this Google I just did. And that's, that's a lot of film festivals and this whole talk about the Tucson sector and how there's just, uh, the community has a lot of these individual pockets of their own little film festival and nobody really talks to each other or tries to help each other build and grow their own, their community. It's very uh, clicky and very you know, high school click, you know, the cool guy is, you know, the, the local theater that the local art house theater. And then there's like a tinier art house theater. That's just like, I've been around the longest, but I'm the tiniest theater. And then there's these other random ones that just pop up around town. And it got me thinking about, are these groups that I want to, you know, associate with, with my murder mystery night that I'm trying to throw and talking with them, the symphony, it was all about how this was this night that I'm planning, the night with two short films and a live element intertwined in between the shorts was such a unique idea and how it's different and stands out from the rest of the crowd with their, you know, traditional film festival. That got me thinking about this idea of oversaturation and how do you that 
you know, you think you have an idea and then someone's like, Oh my, my I've heard of that before. Uh, I hear it a lot with movie ideas. Like I want to make a movie about a guy that wakes up and he's convicted of a crime. He didn't commit or he's accused of a crime. He didn't commit. And everyone's like, Oh, I've seen that movie that was made by this person. And that was made by this and yada, yada, yada. So I feel like oversaturation is one of those hurdles that a lot of people use to kind of just stop the pursuit to stop their momentum moving forward to get to their end goal. And that's a tough thing to get over. So I thought I kind of, kind of broke down that fear of oversaturation or not being unique uh, just by having this random idea. I don't know where it came from uh, for a screening. And I thought that's a, let me share this. Let me share this breakdown with everybody. Let's do that. So if you're in an oversaturated market, I'm trying to think of something besides film that we could talk about that I might know a little bit about. Uh, maybe coffee. Let's roll with coffee for a minute. So here in Tucson, there are a lot of little tiny coffee sectors and coffee shops around town. And they all are pretty busy and they all do pretty well. So the idea of opening a coffee shop here in Tucson, I don't think is a crazy idea. I don't think opening up a coffee shop anywhere is a crazy idea. I mean, people love coffee. People need a place to go have their meetings, like that coffee meeting I had a couple of weeks ago. People need places to study and get out of the house with Wi-Fi so they can watch their, I don't know, whatever's on Amazon this week. Probably the tick. The new tick is pretty funny. So I forget where I was, I was going with this. So when I, when I, okay, I'm going back to films because I got lost in that whole coffee thing, but we might go back to coffee, but we'll find out. You'll, you'll, you'll hear, you'll hear in a minute. So when I was, th when I was thinking about film screenings, especially my first feature film, when I screened that, I was trying to think of a unique way to make it uh, just stand out a little bit, just have it just be a more memorable night than just uh, something similar to what uh, fellow filmmakers have done here in town, which is just show up and you pay for your ticket. You There's a red carpet that's really short with a really bad backdrop. And then you walk in and you watch this movie. And sometimes it's fine. And sometimes it's not that great. Sometimes it's good, but not really. And then you walk out and that's your night. And you're like, uh, oh, I feel like I just went and saw a bad movie. Or I feel like I just went and saw a movie that was just fine. It wasn't something that, you know. It's going to, doesn't get like seated in your brain. It's like, oh, that was a great experience. That was a fun night. I remember that movie. That was that one time that I saw this and this one thing and this blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? So I was trying to think of ways when I was screening my first feature of one, what can people take away with them to have as like a memory, like a memorable uh, souvenir of the event of the night. And so I thought, Photo booth. People love photo booths nowadays. That's another thing that's probably getting a little oversaturated, but that's fine. Don't don't worry about don't worry about it. So I was gonna have um uh, I had this I had to make okay when I made this mummy costume I had a dummy. I had to make a duct tape dummy of the actor that was gonna play the mummy, and so I can glue the mummy strips onto this bodysuit type thing. And we I had this duct tape dummy. And I filled it up with newspaper and we put the mummy costume on it. And I thought if we put this mummy in the photo booth to pose with people, 
like this movie that came out when I was a kid. It's called uh, Weekend at Bernie's. And I know I know a lot of the kids didn't know the movie, but they knew the dance move, which is pretty funny. I think everybody everybody knows the Bernie dance move where you just sit there and you let your arms wiggle behind you as you just slouch backwards. That's what all the kids knew. And the, all the adults remembered the movie. So I guess that was subconsciously a great way to combine the two audiences. Wow. Way to go, Chris. Good job. So that was my first thought. All right. So we got a photo booth and everybody gets a picture with a mummy to take with them and they'll remember the night. So the photo booth guy kind of had a bail last minute. We got like a event photographer and now there's a bunch of pictures up on Facebook. So I don't know if people actually took the, I know people posted the pictures. I don't know if anybody actually got their own picture, but it would have been nice to have like a, a tangible thing to hand out to people to take home and just remember like this unique thing. Hey, I took a picture with the mummy that looked like Bernie from weekend at Bernie's. I thought that was a, a cool idea. And then we had the actually actual event at a uh, obscure location at the Rialto, which is a music venue and watching a film in this historic building was kind of a, a, a it was a different vibe. It was like a different feel. It was like uh, not going in and be like, where can I get my popcorn? And my, my big gulp of soda and then sit down and watch this movie. It was kind of like, hey, we're in this cool place, this cool hip happening place. And look at these cool hip things that are going on and all this fun stuff. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what everybody was saying. And then we screened the movie. And at the end of the movie, we had the screen pop up and it revealed a band. The band provided songs for the movie, which was uh, the band's name was Deceptively Innocent. And this band was like a teenage pop band, pop punk, like a upbeat Green Day. And they provided some dope songs for the movie. And having them play live kind of was another added little element to make the night very memorable, I, I thought. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is you might think if you're doing, if you think you're doing something that's kind of been done a million times, find the one way to make it unique and you. Find the way to make it express your personality the most, to make it an experience for people to remember and recall and tell stories about at their cocktail parties. They're like, oh, I went to an indie film last Friday and it was a fascinating event. There was a silly mummy in a photo booth and there was a teenage punk punk band that played as a screen went up at the end of the film. Ho, 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 ho. I assume that's how people talk at cocktail parties. I've never actually been to a cocktail party. I have been a server at a cocktail party and I never listened to what they talked about, but I assume that's what it sounded like. But then if we take a step even further back and just being a guy that makes a movie, a filmmaker, that market is, uh, that's like another uh, area that's a hundred percent way oversaturated. And Let's try and break this down into maybe more broader solutions so we all can kind of relate. And it's not just me bragging about myself being so awesome and unique and weird. So you have this thing that you want to do and you look around and you see a thousand other people doing the same thing that you want to do. And at that moment, you're like, Ugh, a thousand other people are doing this. Why am I doing this? Well, the reason why you're doing it is because you want to do it and you like to do it and nothing should stop you from doing it. 
So let's take that number 1,000 and let's cut it down to something more, not more, but less daunting. I feel like 1,000 is a, a lot of numbers put together. Uh, a thousand of them, in fact, and a thousand is way more daunting than let's say 20. So let's say I'm a, a independent filmmaker. I looked around Tucson and I saw all the other independent filmmakers and what were they all making? A lot of horror movies, a lot of vampire movies, a lot of uh, like dark, serious movies. And I thought to myself, no, I'm not going to make a dark, serious, scary movie. I'm going to make a silly movie with a different type of monster in it. So I, I kind of stayed in the same world, but boom, mummies, silly mummy movie is what I ended up with. And it's still an independent film made here in Tucson. A lot of other independent filmmakers from Tucson came to the screening and they, it all seemed to be very, uh, they all seemed to enjoy the night. And it kind of was like a, my way to stand out from that, that crowd of people that I know here locally. Let's say you're a coffee shop. Everyone brews coffee in a different way. Everyone, uh, not brews, uh, roasts coffee in a different way. Do you roast your own beans? Where do you get your beans from? Do you roast, do you buy roasted beans from some obscure roaster in San Diego and you're the only shop in town that sells that type of bean? There's a lot of ways to be the, the find the uniqueness in that, to narrow that thousand down to even one to 20 to one to, you know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say here is if you think in a broad sense, you're going to feel very overwhelmed and you feel and compare yourself to lots and lots of other people. If you find your niche, niche is the word I think we want to use here, your little corner, your little niche of what you want to do in this big world, this big broad world, Finding your little tiny niche is going to make you stand out so much more than someone that is just trying to be as broad and generic as possible. Find, find out what that, you know, that one thing that makes you special. Uh, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It doesn't have to be, a, a, you know, a crazy thing. Just find the one thing that makes you stand out. It could be as simple as I only drink coffee in, at noon. I don't know. I only brew something fresh at noon and people are like, Oh, or, uh, it can be something simple as naming a cup of coffee that the, the three o'clocker because everyone gets in their afternoon lull around then and there's just enough caffeine in it to get you through the work day and still have, still have it rip, wear out by bedtime. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible in the science of caffeine and coffee, but it'd be cool if it was. Another way to stand out is to, I guess, look at your industry, look at your world that you want to be a part of like the film world or the coffee world, or I have uh, another world. What's another world we can come up with? Uh, maybe you're a gym or you're a photo booth owner, but this world that you look at and you Google Tucson filmmakers, Tucson gyms, Tucson coffee shops, and you see that big broad thing. Another way to kind of make yourself stand out is to kind of assess all of those people. Those, I guess I, I wouldn't want to call them competition. I feel like there's too much of this me against you. Let's get all clicky. Uh, this is mine, mine, mine. And we need to kind of let that go and share a little bit more. Like with these film festivals here in town, how there's seven of them, maybe more, maybe six. I don't know. 
they're all very, this is my film festival. I'm not going to share my audience with your film festival. Even though those same people are probably the same. Those are the people that kind of want to go to all these uh, niche film festivals, even though they're really not niche. They're kind of the same thing over and over again because a film festival is a film festival. There's one film festival in town. There's, there's a couple that are very unique, just to add on to this niche point. There's the Tucson Film and Music Festival, which is like a, a concert slash film festival. So every concert, every concert, there's a film or a film about music and then a concert, all this stuff, all that fun stuff. That's pretty cool. And then there's the Arizona Underground Film Festival. And it's very uh, uh, unique and grungy and dark type of movies. Very, uh, you know, when you picture a film student, all in black, just all in black. Those are the types, you know, you, and you imagine what types of movies they make. Those are the movies they play at the underground film festival. But you know what? There's an audience for it. And they're standing out from this, the other the crowd. They're trying to be unique and not be another fluffy, fun time. They're trying to be uh, dark and serious and not demented, but maybe a little demented. But there's a crowd for that. And there's people that want to see movies like that every once in a while. And it's great. So now that we're out of this whole uh, me, me, mine, mine, let's try, let's try supporting each other more. Let's just, if we build each other up and we help build everybody up together, you're only going to help yourself in the long run. If you help someone, they're going to help you in the future. And hopefully they will. And if they don't, you know what type of people they are and you just stop helping them but you'll still feel good because you weren't selfish in your acts. Being not selfish is, uh, feels good, I guess. Hopefully. All right. So you look at all these people and you're going to be like, what's a problem I can solve in this little community here? What can I do to, you know, if I solve a problem that's being provided or that a problem in this world that no one else is solving that'll help me stand out a little bit more in this oversaturated, I don't know, what was the word I was looking for? Market. So like when I said, like earlier when I said, um, when I looked around and I saw everybody in town was making vampire movies or zombie movies, I thought this is way too much. Let me solve a problem by providing people with a mummy movie. That's a terrible problem to uh, present and, say that I solved because I don't know is providing a, a unique type of a silly mummy movie, a solution to the problem of way too many zombie and vampire movies. Probably, but we just got that new Tom Cruise movie and that was, that was a mummy movie. And that was pretty terrible. Now you don't have to leg legitimately, not legitimately, but you don't have to solve an actual problem. You can also Look at the other people in the same industry you want to work in and see what people are not really clicking with or vibing with 100%. Let's say people are going to your coffee shop and they hate your coffee lids because they're made of metal and it burns their lips because they're so hot. So you would, when you open up your coffee shop, you would sell coffee lids that are made of, I don't know, paper or plastic, something that doesn't Probably not plastic because I hear all the plastic that's ever made gets put into the ocean and that's terrible. But you're trying to solve this problem of the lid is too hot burning my lips. This is how I present it. And my, this is my solution to that problem that I'm hearing other 
customers having at other places similar to the place I'm working at or I'm working on and opening up and running myself. So look at problems and solve them as a way to move your business forward and to stand out and be a little different. You're still doing the same stuff, but you're providing solutions to problems that you know exist and your competitors, probably not competitors, your fellow people in the same industry know exist, but they just don't know how to figure out a way out of that rut of these problems and solve them. But you can do it because you're the new guy in town. And if you provide a solution, maybe they'll follow after you and you can be like, oh, I did it first. And that's, that's a good feeling. You're making everybody better, which will help the community become better. I'm in a really big community building kick lately. All right. So we've figured out so far that if you have this feeling of living in an oversaturated market, that if you find your niche, find your little corner that makes you unique, you're taking your feeling of competing with a thousand people down to one or two, maybe 20, but still it's not a thousand. And then you're going to look at your competitor, not your competitors, your fellow industry people. And you're going to look at problems that no one's really solving and you're going to solve them yourself just to kind of still do the same thing, but do something a little different to help you move forward and still be unique and stand out in that tinier community that you just made by narrowing down your niche. What are we going to do after that? We're going to uh, just stay on top of what's happening in the world. We're going to track, track those trends. You got to watch your neighbors. You got to see if they try this new hibiscus IPA at the new local brewery that nobody likes because hibiscus goes in your kombucha. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't even know what hibiscus is. Is that a tea? This is why uh, Atish is here to answer such questions because Atish loves tea. Well, next time he's on, I'll have him tell you stories about the tea shop that he goes to. No, we're not going to talk about staying on top of trends. All right. So we figured out a niche. We figured out problems we're going to solve. So now it's time to figure out a way to add value to your service. Add a little bit of uh, je ne sais quoi to your service to make you stand out and feel a little bit more giving, more you deliver more, but you're not really delivering more. You're just you're just you're adding some sprinkles to the top of your service cake, I, I guess. I don't know. Who does anybody really like sprinkles though? They're just crunchy sugar pieces on top of sugar frosting on top of sugar bread. So yeah, people do love like sprinkles. I like sprinkles. Why did I even ask that? So how do we add value? Let's say you're a coffee shop. You you would add value to your coffee shop experience by creating one of those punch cards that a lot of people have. I don't know. I have like four of them in my wallet right now for different coffee shops around the country, really. And you go and you buy a cup of coffee, they punch your card. And after the 10th one, you get a free coffee. So you feel like you're, you're working towards something. It's like, oh, yeah, like this coffee isn't worth just one cup of coffee that I just paid for. It's worth one and and. Uh, it's actually worth, I don't know, nine tenths of a cup of coffee because after 10 cups, all those one tenths are going to add up to a free cup. And it's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, check my math on that, please. And uh, tweet at me if I got that wrong, but the idea of adding value this way, or I guess another thing you can do is if like you make a film 
and you sell a, a special edition or a director's cut, they get more of the film or they get more behind the scenes footage or they get more interviews to learn more about the end product of the film. And it's, it's something that kind of just gives, gives people a little bit more than just a movie or a cup of coffee. It's the thing that keeps people wanting to come back and be like, Hey, I like this coffee. I can buy 10 of these and get a free one. Ooh, that sounds good. Let's do it. Or, Hey, this movie wasn't that bad. Let's see how they made this movie. Oh, they're making, a mo this is how they did it. Oh, that's great. I want to see how they make their next movie. Just ways to keep people interested in you and your process. Because at the end of the day, you might be make, selling a movie and you might be selling some coffee, but at the end of the day, it's, it's you that, that people are attracted to. It's not the actual product. It's the story behind the product. If you have a story and you tell that story well, if you have passion and you're unique and you feel strongly about what you're doing and you love what you're doing, people are going to feel that. And they're going to know what, what your process is and what you do to make that happen. And so keep that in mind while you're trying to, while you're trying to figure out how to be different and unique. Just remember if you keep that story up, keep that story alive, tell that story out loud to people you find people are just more attracted to you because that's another thing that happens here in this world. We're living in a world where everybody's, I don't, I'm not talking about fake. People are not fake. People are real, but we don't see real people anymore. We see people on computer screens and phone screens and in tweets and in Instagram photos that are just seconds of a person's life. And it's not a real person and it's not the real journey. So being as real as possible and trying to, and prove to your niche that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a real person. I really feel passionately about this. I think that's going to definitely help you stand out more in this crazy world where everything just feels so, you know, I don't know, fake, not genuine, I guess. So in conclusion, I often feel like why am I still doing this? There's a thousand filmmakers out there. I, oh, that's why I brought up Ghost Adventures earlier. Full circle here. On Ghost Adventures, there was a new intern that I haven't, I've only done a, like a few episodes of Ghost Adventures, but there was a new intern there and she was talking about how she wants to be a screenwriter and she loves stories and she's writing plays in El Paso, Texas, which is an even smaller town than Tucson. Tucson's not a small town, by the way, but it's a smaller town than Tucson. And, but she's from some town in North Carolina and she's in, in El Paso because her husband's in the army or something like that. And she wants to be a screenwriter. And it just made me realize like, wow, there's in every small town, there's probably a hundred people that want to be screenwriters or filmmakers or tell stories. And it's, if you look at that big, broad picture, how is that? So how, how am I going to stand out in that giant massive sea? It's like trying to win that Powerball this last weekend, I'm pretty sure someone won it, but it was like half a billion dollars and the chances to win it was like one in 300 million. What? That's crazy. How, how, how are you going to be that one that wins that lottery? How are you going to be that one person that just stands out in this giant ocean? Don't think of yourself as a small fish in a, the big sea. You're, you're, you're a, a normal sized, you're, you're the right size fish that you need to be in a pond, a pond that you've defined by narrowing down your niche, figuring out problems to solve in your tiny community that you've, you want to build up and adding value 
to provide to customers or clients that you're trying to hop on board with your new venture that you're trying to start. So that's my ramblings for today. If it was too jumbled and all over the place, let me know so I can, uh, next time I have to do a solo, I can do a little bit better. Don't forget in a few weeks, we'll be discussing that book, The Tipping Point. I need to finish reading my copy that I just picked up. And be sure to follow me on social media where I'm trying to be as real as possible. I'm about to announce all the official dates and startup times for the Murder Mystery Night that I've been talking about for a while. And I'm going to make it official. We're going to set like a release date and a screening date. And this week we're going to start filming one of the short films. It's very, very exciting. Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.